Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. We have gathered here today to discuss The Veil from 2016. It's a, it's a cult movie. We have not done that this month so far. I know. We've had a surprising number of, like, the same kind of movie. Yeah, people so getting far. stabbed. Yeah, lots of that. Lots of that. Lots of teenagers, whatnot. So this one, yeah, it was completely different than, than the rest in that it is a group of people going out to the scene of where this cult murder-suicide thing happened 25 years ago. Yeah, one of those Jonestown things, except they use sugar cubes instead of Kool-Aid. Which... I'm sorry. Flavor-Aid. Flavor-Aid. Flavor-Aid, not Kool-Aid. Everybody gets so uptight about that. This, I would say this is our first, finally, ghost movie of the year. I mean, we're like 200 movies in, and... Finally, something moved on its own. <clears throat> yes. It also featured jump scares, which I I mean, we probably had some of those, but this yeah. was this was like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> tried to make us jump. I think you're just, you're just excited about ghosts I'm again. I'm <laughs> so excited about ghosts. I mean, it was, it was a little off from ghosts, but it was, it was ghost adjacent. So the whole idea is that this very charismatic cult leader whose name is Jim. Yeah. And and who, yeah, this whole thing was so Jonestown all over it. Mm-hmm. And it very much reminded me of the movie that we reviewed in 2017 called The Sacrament. Right. Yeah, which was the same sort of deal. And in fact, uh, this leader wore, uh, it was my very first note of the movie because it's like the first shot of the movie, cult leader brand sunglasses just like that guy i mean it's there's a rule and that's how it's done yeah yeah so anyway jim from heaven's veil which is this group again i think there's a you know like they they were pulling pieces from lots of different culty news things anyway he decides he he reveals to his club i would say cult (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you could call it a cult. I got tired of saying the same word. <laughs> okay. He reveals to his followers that he has discovered the secret of eternal life. Mm-hmm. Basically, his entire premise is that Jesus was nailed to the cross with three nails, and therefore, the spirit is nailed to the body with three nails. That makes so much sense. And all they have to do is remove the nails, and their spirits can float free. Of course, all that is so logical. But then the nails, there aren't any actual nails, so it's all metaphysical. So, like, I don't know. Like, why, why did we even need that? It could have been any other metaf- metaphysical idea. It was, was cool, though. I actually liked the idea. I mean, it was it was not a terrible idea. It was creative. It was original, for sure. Mm-hmm. It didn't make any sense. Like, there was no internal logic to this movie. I, I have some logic issues that are, they're going to come out as we're talking, but yeah, yeah, there's stuff going on here. 
Okay, so I did take note of the three nails mm-hmm. in case our followers to, want to to not lead them disengage down this path. their souls from their bodies. It's no don't while do that. maintaining eternal life. Uh, spoiler: I don't recommend it. So the first nail involved him putting himself into sort of a trance with some weird poisony concoction that he created so that he could speak to or interact with his two like favorite female followers from beyond the veil, right? Wait, it's just coming to me now. You said poisony and I was amused because I remember that from a Mr. Show sketch and I just realized all right, everyone, just stay calm. It's time to eat the poison s'mores. Come on up here. Get them while they're poisony. That's when they're best. We're going to go up heaven's chimney soon and visit our grandfather in the sky. It was literally this. It was a cult <laughs> committing mass suicide. Yeah. yeah. They're poisony. A little, a little uh, Mr. Show flashback there. Yeah, that was good. Anyway, <laughs> Sorry. he didn't use s'mores. No. That would have been more intriguing to me but he manages to do this and then you know he like flings a table he doesn't communicate with them he just no. like throws a table across the room comes back and he says i have removed the first nail the body is a shell nothing but a physical ego to be discarded and i'm like how is that a nail i don't know like that's what i mean they're metaphysical they're just like concept they're they're the the three things that hold you back from setting your spirit free but somehow him having this revelation translated into him being able to do it for everyone in his yeah cult well i mean that's the thing like i think he's supposed to be teaching them but also he kind of had like magical powers to pull out nails for them or something Okay, I just want you to know, I, I, I want the listeners to know how hard I rolled my eyes when you were saying the thing about how he could pull it out for other people. Because there was zero reason for that to be happening. Like He had magic nothing. powers is what it was. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. Okay, second nail. I think it was a slightly different poisony concoction. More poisony. Because it had like, I think he mentioned it had rattlesnake juice in it or something like that. <laughs> okay. I don't know. This time, though, he does the injection, puts himself into, like, poisony trance for a room full of followers, none of whom seem to be concerned that the last time he flung an entire table across the room. So they all seem to, like, just get that something's going to be different this time. And he possesses one of his favorite female culty people and says a bunch of stuff and then comes back into his own body and, and says... I have been reborn. I have removed the second nail. Again. Mm-hmm. Huh? What? Yeah. I mean, I wish it was more clear cut. Like, I, I, I'm i cool with the nails being <laughs> metaphorical in a way, you know, and it's just like, I had to do this and then this, but there, what he did was so vague and random. I want to come back to that. Okay. I have a thought about that, but I want to get through the third nail. Okay. I feel like I'm going to distract myself. I have a third nail comment. Third nail. Maybe this is when the rattlesnake juice became a part of it. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, another I don't injection. That. And this time he's out in the like front yard with all the culty people. And he says that he's going to go into his thing, his in his coma, what have you. Under no circumstances are they allowed to bring him back before six minutes have passed. That is the required number of minutes. Mm-hmm. And absolutely not. Are they allowed to 
you know, bring him back before this timer, which was not a precise timer. It was like no. a kitchen timer. Well, and starting, it wasn't anything precise. It was just like, oh, it looks like it's yeah. going in now. Yeah. He is convulsing, da-da-da, whatever, all this chaos. And we get to see like 15 seconds of chaos, and then they wake him up. And I was honestly like, is he going to be mad? Because that clearly wasn't <laughs> six minutes. But he wasn't, because apparently six minutes had passed, and it was just very poorly directed yeah. in that sense. I don't know. Anyway, he wakes up. He says he's removed the third nail. Everything is great now. And he shows them by taking a hammer and beating one of his followers to death with it. But. But then he stands over the follower's body and demands that he arise. Arise, chicken. Arise, arise chicken. Chicken, arise. And he does. And everybody's totally fine. Well, I mean, if he's going to demand it, what are you going to do? Not only is everybody totally fine, but they really didn't have much of a reaction. Like, there were some <laughs> shocked faces. That should have been pretty shocking. But, like, he bludgeoned this person to death. And they were like, third nail. Got to get that third nail out. Yeah. Yeah, and he described it before he did it. He said something about how, oh, he was saying how the hammer, you know, is both the thing that puts nails in and pulls them out, which is true, except the hammer he was using didn't have the claw on the back, so it wouldn't it was, get nails out. It was out. kind of flat on the back. Like, yeah, it was whatever. it was more like like it was a hammer on one side and, a, and like a axe, like a really dull axe yeah. on the other side. But yeah, I had the same thought. I'm like, you can't get a, you're not going to take a nail out with that. And then he proceeds to use it in such a way as, as if he were putting nails in. <laughs> yes, yes. He I, put invisible nails into that guy's face. But then he, you know, <clears throat> he used a really firm voice to tell him to arise after well, he beat him to death. That's a cult for you. You know, he's got command over his <laughs> he was, flock. He was charismatic past death. Yes. Beating the guy to death with the thing. I mean, that was where it, that guy came back to life. I feel like. That was him using his ability to get other people's nails out and being like, okay, now you're coming back. Okay, but I don't feel like that guy, like, like he was doing the demonstration for the first time. Like, yeah. like I don't feel like that guy was, we had no reason to believe that that guy was fully bought into the process. Had no. he, had he, you know, moved through the first two? Was he even in the room? He wasn't in the room for the first nail. Like, I mean, that's... Um, what is happening? That's the power of Jim. Jim it power. It sort of feels... Makes me think of how Mormons can, like, put your name on a list somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> against your will, without your knowledge. And, I mean, that is that their third nail? I don't know. That's I, super deep. So, like, it just... It was so weird because, like, I didn't feel like the guy who... he He didn't consent to being murdered, first of all. And... He didn't consent to being brought back, and he in no way had followed the steps. I know. That's, yeah. I mean. That's what's going on here. I just don't get it. It's, it's very pyramid schemey to me. Yeah, kind of. In the sense that, like, only the one guy at the top knows what's going on for real, and then. I mean, everything he says is kind of floaty cult nonsense. So, oh, for sure. You know, he's not really telling them what's going on, I would say. For sure. Here's the other thing I wanted to say about all three of the nails. The body is a shell, physical ego to be discarded. I have been reborn. These are not like revelatory statements. No, you could have come up with that without doing anything. These are, 
Really? Right. <laughs> right. He had to inject himself with rattlesnake juice to come up with but the body as a shell? To go on this trippy journey. Okay, the movie should have shown it, but he should have floated through through tunnels of light and energy and pulled forth a nail from a, a giant unicorn made of flame and gone beyond the... Oh, and now I'm talking about Miranda Vale. <laughs> <laughs> That's some weird um, stuff. Yeah, I do feel like they could have shown some of what was going on during the time that he was not in his body. I mean, that would have helped. It's probably good that they didn't, because that's just getting weird. But it does feel like there's there's more going on than what he's saying, and the what the things he says when he comes back aren't good enough. No, they are like the sort of things that like fourteen year olds come up with <laughs> when they're just starting to realize that there are thoughts they can have about mortality yeah. and the universe. Oh and, my gosh! Now you know. you're talking about Miranda Vale. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it just it was so like I felt like it had been created by someone who was so at the beginning of their understanding that the world isn't just the things we see. And who is that someone? <laughs> I think right. safe driving would make a great movie. That's right. We didn't know until the very, very end that this was written by Robert Ben Garant. Yep. Of Reno 911 fame yeah. in our household. Yeah. Who, which again is bizarre to me because I would have expected something a little more like, like I get the kind of goofiness of it makes sense to me now, but yeah. I would have expected something with a little more heft to it. Okay, that's what I thought. Like, I mean, it's a weird thing to think, but I know that he's behind all kinds of all kinds of things that Thomas Lennon has done, basically. All these goofy comedies that are really complicated. Exactly. Like they they're dumb and they're like juvenile humor, mm-hmm. but they're complex juvenile humor. People like, put a lot of thought into Yes, them. you can tell they're smart. And so I feel like he's a smart guy. And this movie, I don't know, like it it, it wanted to be smart, but it like got nowhere near that target. And what that made me think of is the olden days when we got talked to directors of the movies we reviewed. And actually, it, it was, this was a writer. So here we go. Same yeah, thing. The one guy who the, wrote the movie with the stairs. Yeah, he wrote the movie where people hid stairs in drawers. <laughs> and it was hilariously bad. And he told us, oh, that, you know, that didn't turn out how I wanted. And check out this other one. That's what this felt like is he wrote something because, I mean, there's something here. There's yes. this whole cult, this whole idea that the cult leader is right. He's actually doing, you know, they're not just dying. They are transcending. Right, which, of course, we have not mentioned at all yet in this podcast. I know. We, we haven't actually mentioned what happens in the movie at all yet. No. This is all flashbacks. <laughs> but, you know, it's an interesting idea. And probably, you know, studio notes and bad directing and all that just turned it into this teens in the woods getting killed movie because hey that's what it is they're not teens they're adults but it's the same thing they go to a cabin in the woods and get murdered yeah because that's what actually happens in the movie yes so i mean murdered is it murder if Uh, i don't know if it doesn't stick (laughs) is it murder if they take over your body and leave you behind (laughs) i mean yeah okay i do feel like that is murder okay so so the main characters in this movie are a five-year-old girl the only survivor of this cult massacre, mm-hmm. who is now 25 years older. She's 30, obviously. Math. And the children 
of the FBI guy who led the this like raid on on Heaven's Vale at the time. Like mm-hmm. and and the children like the the FBI guy had a hard time. He you know, everybody died on his watch basically. He you know, mm-hmm. didn't last long past that. They have all kinds of trauma around that. And they're trying to get answers. They've discovered something and they're like we need to go and find out what happened and they bring Sarah Hope but one lone survivor with them to try to like piece it all together. Yeah, because uh, the big thing is that there were obviously lots of video shot by this cult, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was never found. So they're hoping right. to find it, and they do. And they do. And Which is how we get all the flashbacks about how you yeah. know Jim got all the nails out. Yeah, there was just a video for each one, and that they happened to watch in exactly the right order and everything. Oh, that's one of my favorite things. What? When characters watch old video mm. that then, there's different ways it can go, but as long as it, it interacts with them, either mm. either it actually interacts with them, like through time, like the person on the video is talking to them, and that's like, what what's happening? Like the point when the nurse lady looks straight at the camera and says, Sarah... Which yeah. may or may not have been her interacting I mean, with 30-year-old That's the best kind when it's like uh-huh. it's not really supernatural, but it kind of is. Mm-hmm. And there's that. And then there's other ones where it like uh, this doesn't happen in this movie, but like they're watching the movie and it's a scene of the room they're in. And like somebody comes through a secret passage. That did and they happen see it. in this movie. It did? Yes. I mean, there was the room they're in. Yeah. Okay. So I think it was when Christian was got... One of the guys was looking at some of the footage and he was all weirded out because on the footage there was like this ghostly thing. It was it was something oh. that had been recorded just recently and this ghostly thing was creeping up on the people. Right. And yeah. We're watching him like he we we see the over his shoulder shots of him watching the camera. But then we also get shots from the other direction where there happens to be another camera that we can see the screen of which is showing him and the fact that there is a ghost coming up behind yeah. him at exactly the same time. That's complicated, but it's it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's so much fun. It was fun. It's the magic of video. It was fun. So they find this stuff, they one by one, they end up being dead, <laughs> but then still being around. Like as the audience, we know something terrible has happened to them, but then they're still walking around and nobody And trying to act normal. Right. And nobody notices, which was bizarre because like, Nick was one of the first guys to get dead, and he walked around like he had never had arms before. <laughs> like, it was a person inhabiting a person's body. Like, they're all roughly I the mean, same. I mean, it's been a long time. They're like, how do these things work? And and it was definitely like, like, I kept kind of expecting him to do that, that Talladega Nights thing where his, like... I'm not sure what to do with my hands. Uh, be good just to hold him down by okay. your side. Yeah, great. As if they like creep up next to his face. Like he just had no control over his body. And nobody noticed. They were just like, apparently that's what Nick acts like all the time. Nick's got issues. But they, you know, they one by one are killed off and possessed. And for some reason, when they get killed, no matter how violent or messy it is, they're fine when they get possessed. And I don't get that, but it just cures all wounds. Apparently, once you disconnect the spirit from the body, the body can self-heal. I don't yeah, know. the body can do what it likes. I Yeah, it's weird. 
And then, dun dun dun, at the end, it is revealed what? that Sarah Hope, oh. the lone survivor of this massacre, had survived for a reason right. and was in on bringing these other kids yeah. so that they could have their bodies snatched. Which, I don't know if something's missing there or if I'm missing it, but it feels like this started out with like a supernatural presence doing things when it should have been Sarah. Do, should, Sarah should have killed someone to get them possessed. One would think... But no, how it all started was there was some kind of supernatural presence, probably her dad, who uh, oh, turns out surprise. Jim is her dad. And the nurse lady who was one of her dad's favorite cult people was her mom. I believe the spirit of Jim possesses one of them and get, makes him get in the car and like drive his car into a yeah. tree. No, I mean, there's something weird about all that where I feel like maybe... Sarah got him to get in the car and drive and she made it crash or something like that was just normal. You know what? Hmm. She was the one who went up. They were all like, oh my God, is he dead? Is he dead? And she was the one that yeah, went up checked. and checked his pulse and was like, yeah, he's gone. And it turns out he wasn't. So or maybe he was, I mean, dead is fine. I guess I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there were several instances of that where it was like, it wasn't pinned down exactly what happened. So then it got really, like, if you try to lay it out in a line to make it make sense, it doesn't. Yeah. And I think they could have really firmed all of that up and made yeah. something that made a really good sense and been an interesting mystery. Other examples of that, the nurse lady... I believe is the body that they found in the room, like handcuffed yeah. to the radiator. So I think what happened is during the massacre, she was the one, she was like, hold on, I have doubts. This isn't going <laughs> to work. You're, you're murdering my children. I'm not okay with this. Yeah. And so Jim's reaction to that was those who won't follow will be carried, which yeah. is honestly one of the scariest <laughs> lines I have heard in a scary movie this month and possibly in several years because it like immediately made me think of sb8 <laughs> <laughs> texas sb8 law. yes and and how like there's this whole religious idea that like if you won't follow our religion then we will force you we'll to just do so. make it the law anyway so they're forcing her. They like dose her. They force her to eat one of the sugar cubes. She gets away, runs off, and she chains herself to the thing. And early on, we see her chain herself and then she dies. Like she convulses and dies. And I was like, what the heck just yeah, happened? Yeah, we didn't know why. But I think that so she runs off and she, because she says, I won't let them make a puppet out of me or I won't let them enter me like a puppet or something like that. So I think she chained herself to the radiator because she knew that if then like they tried to hmm. come back in her body, they would be trapped and they would die anyway. Yeah. Something like that. That's interesting, yeah. But that doesn't make any sense because they're not actually ghosts. They can interact with the world. Well, yeah, but if you don't have the key to that thing, then you're stuck. I guess. I don't know. Anyway, that there were pieces to that where I was like, I'm not entirely sure what's happening here. And it, it came better into view by the end, but at the same time, I'm still like, I feel like there are problems. Yeah, I don't think, I, I think this is one of those movies that is content to just wave its arms a little bit and give you the gist of stuff. And yes. that's not good enough. It has to have made sense to the writers and directors and everybody. Like, and I don't think it did. I think they just kind of waved over it. Right. You can tell when someone who has written a story 
has really gone over it and has the whole story in their head versus someone who has written a story and people have asked questions or pointed out like issues with the <laughs> logic of it. And they're like, ah, it's fine. Nobody's going to notice no one that. Will notice. No one's going to pay attention to that. It's fine. And it's not fine. One of my favorite parts about the movie though, was the revelation. So we start out the movie. Sarah Hope is like, she's lived for 25 years. Supposedly, I don't know if this is true or not now, but supposedly with the idea that her, family was somehow victims of this massacre, right? Mm -hmm. That she knows that they must have died there. She doesn't know who her parents were. Blah, 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 blah. Now, by the end, I'm like, is that true? Did she know this whole time? I mean, I I guess she plotted this out somewhat. I don't know. Yeah. Seems like another hand wave. Yeah, it definitely does. So she's supposed to be the one who feels bad about her history because, you know, her parents are murderers at worst, followers at best right yeah and then there's the woman who is uh doing the documentary whose father was the fbi agent who has always had this idea that her father was a hero was trying to be a hero showed up too late you know tragedy 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 by the end we realize that Sarah's dad, the cult leader, was right about immortality all along (laughs) and had really, truly was giving his cult immortality, which... Which involves stealing other people's bodies, so not great. Over and over again, too. Like, he he definitely made it clear that, like, once they got a body, they were going to have to do it again later. Like, it was... Probably just from aging and whatever, but I don't know. Yeah, it was sketchy. Also, there's the whole question of who wouldn't want to be immortal, and I'm like, uh, me? <laughs> or I wouldn't want to be the body you're using for you to be immortal. <laughs> right. So we find out, though, that the cult leader was right. He wasn't lying to his people, right? He was maybe misinforming them a little, but he wasn't maybe. lying to them. And that when the FBI agent shows up, he kills Sam, the other favored female <laughs> cult person, who was, in fact, about to inject the children with the antidote, which would have brought them back to life. So yeah. they like they find out in this video that her dad is directly responsible for the death of all of these people. Well, yes, but only in this weird way, because their whole event, my note was they needed better event planning. Yes. Their whole eating sugar cubes, dying and coming back event relied on Sam one person injecting I guess everybody right at exactly the six minute mark but they all took the sugar cubes at exactly the same time like literally yeah. all they had to do was pace it out by yeah, like they could have done 30 one seconds person at a time just <laughs> do it over a week <laughs> but no they all did it at exactly the same time and apparently Sam was just gonna run around injecting them all yeah and Sam was the one who was gonna get stuck left behind I yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. Anyway, um, I did like the fact that their roles got reversed. Those two women, the main characters, their roles got reversed by the end. And the one was like, oh, my dad's not so bad after all. (laughs) Eh." And the other one was like, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, this man that I thought was a hero made a a, a tragic mistake. Yeah. At the very least. Uh, Speaking of her dad not being so bad, one of his weird speeches, possibly the very last one, you suddenly realize he's... Like a demon worshiper. <laughs> like he's naming <laughs> is, weird is that... creatures. Oh, yeah. Yaldo, Bo- La- Yaldo 
Beoth. Sure. Where I'm like, wait, where is this coming from? And there was another weird word in there, too. And it's like, we bow down to you or whatever. It wasn't that, but it was some kind of thing. Of It was, yeah. It definitely <laughs> went from, we're having eternal life to, we are going to serve the demons forever. I was like, whoa, that took a turn. Yeah. I think maybe he was lying to people then. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. so much about Jesus's nails. Um, shortly before that, he also went on a rant toward the FBI guy after the after they killed Sam and the children couldn't get their antidotes, like the yeah. antidote vials all broke and stuff. He goes on this rant about how he will subsume the yes. FBI agent's children and children's yes, his children. His curse will last a thousand years. And I feel like he kind of jumped the gun a little bit <laughs> because he did subsume the children. Yeah. But if he wanted the children's children, he needed to wait a while because they hadn't had them yet. Yeah. I guess he could still have kids in the new bodies. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. It seems like a rude thing to do, though. I don't know. Well... I say that it is time that we retire the line, come on, man, this isn't funny, because I am really sick of this. You're in the middle of a haunted house. You don't know what's going on. You hear something clunk somewhere, Mm -hmm. and your immediate comment is, come on, man, this isn't funny. Todd, where are you? Like, you know it's not Todd making a joke. That's not a thing. I mean, do you know that? Because the, the only... we live in a culture where we have an entire day dedicated no, to... No, I don't accept it. Give, doing, pulling stupid pranks. It's If you set that up in advance with Todd having pulled pranks on people, and then they're mm-hmm. like, come on, man, this isn't funny. Yeah. But if it's just they a, were, a person who's missing, you don't go, very come on, serious. it's not funny. Yeah, they were being very serious about this whole mission that they were on. And so, yes. yeah, I see what you're saying. Unacceptable language i would also like to just do away with pranks in the first place because <laughs> yeah ugh, hate them i'm sorry Ratings. i enjoyed getting into a little different subgenre with this movie i enjoyed the ghosty aspect of it i yes. enjoyed the culty aspect of it it felt like we were you know Cleansing our palate of some of the let's just use a lot of body violence Mm -hmm. that we've had so far. Also, it didn't have all the like rampant homophobia and sexism and racism that we've come across a lot so far this month. I I can't, you know, say that it was ideal or anything like it didn't have a you know feminist message or anything. But it didn't have to because like it had female characters who had agency and were, you know, real people. Well, they had agency for a while. (laughs) (laughs) So all of that felt really good, like refreshing, right? And I really, really want to like this movie. Hmm. I want to. Problem is, there were too many hand-wavy bits and too many unfinished threads to the story. It was too careless. It was told in too careless a fashion for me. And... Just stupid little things. Like, it's been 25 years, and they go into that cabin, and she trips and falls into her mother's body, and it's still gooey. Yes. What? No, it's not. Also, it is completely desiccated and down to the bone after this much time. And because she did that, they needed some lights, so they went outside and found a generator, which was in pristine condition. 
after yes. 25 years untouched. Like, wasn't covered in leaves, didn't have, yeah. you know, squirrel poop on it. They could have just smeared it with some dirt to make it look old. Yeah, no, it was brand new. They they couldn't do that <laughs> because they were renting it and they needed to <laughs> put it, give it back in good condition. That's true. Yeah, there were just too many little things where I was like, come on, you guys. Like, five minutes worth of thought. And you would have put a little more effort into it. And it wouldn't have even taken that much more effort. So I'm just kind of annoyed yeah. by this. It makes me think of, <laughs> we've been watching the great pottery throwdown lately. And the guy judge often is like, I'm just, I'm mad at you for how careless this <laughs> is. You know, and he's not like really, really mad. He's just like, I'm so disappointed in you. That's how I feel right now. Like, so this could have been great. And... You didn't put the effort in, and now I'm disappointed in you. Yeah. That being said, I, you know, if you are looking for a horror movie to watch that's going to be kind of, like, generically interesting in the sense that, like, plenty of people would be willing to watch it, this would be a good movie to go to. Like, it's not great. It's not horrible. You're not going to have, like, super smart conversation about it afterwards, I don't think. No. But it might inspire some of your own super smart conversation. I don't know. I don't know. So I guess I'm going to kind of go with how you did with Blood Vessel. I'm going to kind of say this is like that middle of the road. It could have been a lot better, but it also could have been a lot worse. (laughs) So I'm going to give this movie three. Of course, the cult leader has a waterbeds out of five. Okay. When you said Blood Vessel, that's... That's where I was going with this. But my my score is three and a half. Of course, the cult leader has the waterbeds out of five because mm-hmm. it is that middle of the road movie. But there's, unlike Blood Vessel, which is just your straightforward narrative, this is something, they, they did something, they thought of something, and then they just implemented it as that generic basic movie. And like they, they could have done something with their idea. Mm-hmm. But, and that's where it feels like, um, that maybe they wrote something good. Robert Ben Garant wrote something good. Yeah. And then it was turned into generic slasher movie. Right. And they were like, the average horror movie watcher is not going to understand all of this philosophy you've put in here. Yeah. So just wave over it and move on. Yeah. So for me, it's a little bit above that. And it's going to be three and a half. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Talk to me about the evil twins. <laughs> Of this movie. I am so excited to be discussing the movie Miranda Vale from 2020. Especially, I mean, for so many reasons, but top of the list is that I think, this is my prediction, that I liked this movie and you hated it. I'm not sure how you got that from all of the times I said how much I hated this movie while we were watching it. That that was (laughs) one of the hints that led me there. You liked this movie? I liked it. I didn't love it because it's kind of terrible. Kind of? But I liked it. This movie, the premise is Miranda Vale is a person who gets abducted by a serial killer who is obviously going to kill her, hence the term serial killer. And when he tries to kill her, she doesn't die. And they're both shocked to discover this. And Mm -hmm. then how do their lives proceed discovering that fact you know what's going on there that's the premise but what it really is is one of these trippy insane 
psychological movies written by a college kid. I don't know if it was. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Like, it's his screenplay that he wrote that has all his ideas about life and death. And he jumps into all of them. And he's got to jam them all into one movie. And so it's one of these ones where, like, like they meet a crazy dude. I mean, here's something from this movie. It's not really a spoiler. They meet a guy who wears a rabbit suit all the time. So they just go into a convenience store, and there he is, and he's buying a drink. And they're like, what's going on? And they ask him why he wears it, and there's a part where he tells the whole story of it. And then after he tells the story, something happens to him in relation to that. And it's like, you know, it's just like a philosophical bit. It was that what philosophy philosophy was it? It felt like a bit. It felt like it was like a joke with no punchline. I mean, there was sort of a punchline. It just wasn't funny. funny. Like it just, yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying, but also no. Okay, it's the kind of. I mean, yes, it's definitely what I said, and you're wrong. But it's also (laughs) the kind of movie where. An animal in the desert tells you exactly what else is going to happen in the movie from this point on in, in a riddle form. And you're like, yep. ooh. Nope, nope. You're like, yes, ooh. I'm and, like that. And I'm sitting over here rolling my eyes again. Yes, exactly. It's that kind of movie. And that was so fun. The only reason it wasn't so fun is, A, the acting wasn't very good. The girl was pretty good. <laughs> was really bad. She was kind of good. I mean, not good like a good actor, but good. The yes. serial killer was bad. Yes. And a lot of the other people were bad. Yeah. Like the guy in the animal suit was <laughs> right. not good. And the girl on the trash can. Yeah, it was like they had been given their scripts like the day before and they had memorized. It was like the girl in Await the Dawn where I'm like, okay, so she's definitely memorized her lines, which is great. Yeah. But she has no idea what intonation or pacing or anything to do. Well, also, they they've been handed this amazingly deep philosophical script. They don't understand the depths of it. Well, obviously. Nobody understands this guy's feelings. This college kid who wrote this screenplay and who just, like, listens to The Cure on his bed all day long just thinking. I feel like, you know, when I watch, like... Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman and you're like it was a good movie and I'm like it was a mind-blowing movie <laughs> representation representation I feel like what you're talking about is like yes. white male representation no not white male <laughs> sophomoric yeah, sophomoric goth. white male representation I mean okay white male but there's more to it it's not you know not a not a guy who plays football sophomoric philosophizing thinks they're smart and just twist their own brain in knots. Kind of guy who's like, these are my ideas, man. And toys with the concept. Maybe there's a situation in which being a serial killer wouldn't be so bad. And that's the core problem with this movie. Without spoiling anything, the romance angle. The end of this movie is unacceptable. Just straight up. Yes. It's not an okay ending. No. So it makes me think of how there's this ongoing battle in romance land in the writer world Mm -hmm. over a certain subgenre of romantic novels that involve plantation owners and their property property exactly and how in those novels because it's a romance there's this that's horrifying but then it's so much worse than this movie (laughs) okay yes (laughs) 
And it's exactly the same thing. It is. I mean, it really is. There's a whole there's a whole world of movie making, and we saw it in Girl House as well, where there's like, oh, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. The phrase, oh, but it's okay, is a problem. <laughs> yes, it is. So to go back to something that you said earlier, you were talking about the premise versus the actual, like, <laughs> what happened. I'm on board with the premise of, like, what would happen yeah. if someone who needed to kill and someone who couldn't be killed, <laughs> like, how could they benefit from one another? Like, how could those two things interact in a way that could be beneficial to both of them, or at least not harmful to either of them? I, I don't, like, there was a question there that, okay, I get why you were intrigued by that question. Mm -hmm. The problem is that the answer to that question was so steeped in this, like, power dynamic. Yeah, that was bad. And misogyny and grossness that like the whole thing yes. it was it was oh, all stockholm syndrome. oh my god that guy the serial killer surprisingly was a horrible horrible person there's nothing good about him and yet the movie didn't seem to know that no and that is is very problematic and i think that you could have taken that original premise perhaps gender swap the characters so that we don't mm -hmm. have the ongoing like male violence on females, yeah, which is a, always, a, always a problem. Not that I think female violence on males <laughs> is okay. I'm just saying, like, if you have a story around someone who's killing someone, maybe swap it up a little bit. Yeah. But also, like, have that be the discussion of the movie. Like, he's wandering around in all these philosophical, uh -huh. like, cul-de-sacs. Yeah. And there's this amazing philosophical question to be explored that they could be exploring together where it wouldn't just be i like killing girls uh -huh. and she's like all right <laughs> like I, it could have been done in a way that would have been amazing and yeah. thought-provoking and not gross well and i think you know when this movie started like from right from the get go, I was like, oh, this is bad. This yeah. is not going to be good. And then they sort of go off on this adventure where it turns into this thing I was talking about, this trippy, psychological, weird yeah. movie where it's not it doesn't really matter what it's about. It's it's about the discussions and the weird things people are saying and the crazy things that happen. It's very much like the movie Rubber, which was about a tire with psychic mm. powers that blow people's heads up. Mm -hmm. That's what this movie feels like, only much worse. Agreed. It also made me think of the bunny movie that you like and I don't. Donnie Darko. Yeah. Yes. There's some similarity there, too. And I think it's, like, I don't think I really loved Rubber either. Like, I just... I didn't either. I, I don't it was, get It was into, hard to watch. There are... The, I love having philosophical conversations, but they need to be something in a realm where I can connect with them in some way and like yeah. i just can't connect with any of these movies or they are glorifying an aspect of life that i don't necessarily like i think it needs to be explored and i think that exploration can happen without glorifying it i think that mm -hmm. was the problem i had with donnie darko was it was just like awesome so why uh, no yeah i think too, it was that was it awesome was too much yeah there was time travel and time travel's good Time travel and depression. Yes. Woo! Yeah, yeah, I like depression. So that that's what I like. And this obviously mentioned some major flaws and 
badness, like true badness in this movie. But also I was so intrigued to just see what they were going to do and what the next thing was going to be on the journey we were told by the animal in the desert. That makes me feel bad for the number of times I huffed and puffed and complained about this movie while we were watching it. Because <laughs> I sort of felt like you were on the same page with me, like well, that it was, was terrible. There was so much really bad stuff. And so now, like, I, I'm I'm sorry if I detracted from your enjoyment of the parts no, you liked. No, no, you just ruined the movie for me. That's <laughs> fine. So I'm going to shock our listeners by not giving this movie a zero. You were going to give it a zero? I feel like I have pretty firmly established the rule that if your movie is just about murdering women for the sake of murdering women it because though. it feels good, that I don't... I don't do those movies anymore. Wasn't about that. I know. It was about how even if you no, do that, stop. you're it's still my, a great this guy. Is my turn. <laughs> All right, this movie is getting a zero. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is why I give these movies zeros because people who are your particular demographic but not as smart as you watch these movies and are like oh okay <laughs> okay i could kill i some guess people. it's all right as long as they're okay with it like boo hiss boo hiss no i'm i'm gonna give this movie a one because it deserves a zero according to my 2021 i don't put up with this nonsense no more uh-huh. rules but i'm gonna give it a one because it did have it, it, it has a core question that I like, mm-hmm. that I could continue thinking about. Mm-hmm. But they went about discussing that core question in all the wrong ways and then sprinkled on top a whole bunch of nonsense. So I didn't enjoy this See, movie at all. And that, the sprinkling of nonsense is what I love. Here's the thing. I don't put sprinkles on my ice cream either because it, oh, it I just love sprinkles. detracts from the ice cream. Rainbow sprinkles. They've got that texture, that like crunchiness. Wax? Yes. No. Waxy, crunchy texture. <sighs> love sprinkles. I put so many on my ice cream and in this movie. So that's why, for me, again, it, it is. It's a really bad premise and it's the way it ends is just flat Mm -hmm. unacceptable like Mm -hmm. it's that should never have been made and it's broken but those sprinkles are fun sprinkles and i had fun with this movie and i don't think anybody needs to see this movie but uh it was so much fun for me that i will go all the way up to what what was your rating system again oh i forgot to give it one but now i'm going to give it (laughs) one waxy gross sprinkle (laughs) out of five wow well I give this movie two waxy, delicious, flavorful sprinkles out of five. I'm glad it was just a two. I was I was a little bit afraid that it was going to be something much higher than that, given how you were talking. I was really thinking of a two and a half, but I brought it down a little because you kept reminding me of the horrible, horrible things that happened in this movie, it's, yeah, it's which are okay. really not okay. But I was so distracted by those sprinkles of ridiculous... I mean, it's not even good philosophy or anything. It's just... It's the surreal fun of who's going to be the rabbit and who's the fox. That's fun. See, the difference between The Veil and Miranda Vale is they both had ridiculous nonsense philosophical garbage in them. As far as I'm concerned. I know that's Mm -hmm. pretty harsh. Apologies to anybody who made that movie. (laughs) Either of those movies. But in my opinion, they were not... 
They were not worthwhile discussions. I wouldn't want to join in on them, which is fine. <laughs> and The Veil had that couched within a movie that I was enjoying watching, yeah. whereas uh, Miranda Vale was couched within a movie that made me want to set the TV on fire. See, and I really enjoyed watching it. Like, starting with the point where it got weird. Like, yeah. you know, the the serial killer stuff I did not like, but the, yeah. the adventure into weirdness is very much for me. That's why you like, like, anthologies with mm. weirdness in them. I like anything with just, weirdness in it. Just a bunch of disconnected nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's enough of that. It's far past enough of that. Tell me what's coming tomorrow. Tomorrow's film is The Bye Bye Man from 2017. Okay. And for an evil twin, it's a little tricky to find. So what we came up with is Goodnight Mommy from 2014. <gasps> the Bye Bye Man. Good night, Mommy. I get it. I see the connection. That's what we're doing here today. Uh, So these are both going to be sweet movies about mothers and their adorable children and And familial love. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess we'll be back tomorrow to see if either of those movies happens to be an anthology of nonsense for you. That would be so great. Ruthie's making a lot of noise. Here in Washoe County, we lose about 17% of our mailboxes a year due to uh, kids driving around with baseball bats.